0: hello kings and queens and welcome to the dr d effect podcast i'm your host adela dr d whitaker and welcome to a safe and supportive space where the effect is an empowered mind body and soul here at the dr d effect podcast we will be talking about everything from mental health relationships intimacy sex politics, you name it, we're going to talk about it here and I'm going to give you guys some keys to success which are the tips, tools, and tricks that you can use to be your most unstoppable self. So go ahead grab a pen and paper and get ready while I occupy that space between your ears. Welcome back to the Doctor D Effect Podcast. It's your girl Doctor D coming in hot. Yes, her mommy coming in hot for another episode of your favorite podcast with your favorite host, me, Doctor D. All right, y'all. So I want to first apologize for um, this episode being late. Um, I was mommin extra hard last week and time got away from me and if you know then you know okay and if you don't know then my heart goes out to you when you do find out okay but um I'm here now and the good thing is y'all get two episodes this week so you'll get this episode and then you'll get the one that comes out this weekend this coming weekend so sorry and you're welcome all right so I want to talk about a hot, hot, hot topic that's out right now. And that is the confirmation hearing of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. Yes. So I didn't watch the entire hearing because like, like I'm um, 10th hours, right you guys. But I did watch um, a lot of the highlights that were on social media and did a little bit more digging. And, um, I just want to say that I am disgusted by the, um, by the system in which we operate within in America, in the world, being a black woman is difficult enough, but then we have to deal with scrutiny and foolishness from underqualified people when we sit there and are overqualified. And that is so frustrating. And I know that it's something that, um personally I can relate to because I have been there and so I wanted to talk about you know double jeopardy in the sense of being a black woman and all of those minute and um, traumatic things that we have to encounter because of our gender and our race. So um I also oh before I get into that I also want to say that I thought that Um, Judge Brown, Judge Jackson, I'm sorry, really handled herself with dignity, grace, class, professionalism, um, more so than, you know, than little old me probably would have been able to demonstrate. I do not have the same level of background and training and education that she does. And I probably would have snapped on a few of those people, but I think that she did an amazing job. Um managing you know her emotions and in the midst of you know very personal attacks and professional attacks on her on her character on her on her her track record and she just i was i was in awe of her presence and um i think we need more superior individuals like her um you know in the forefront of the judicious in the judicial system um, so I, I really hope that um, she gets the love and the self-care and the support that she needs after having gone through such a unnecessarily rigorous pr- process. So um, my love, my heart, and my support goes out to her and her family as they, you know, dust the sh- dirt off their shoulders after this um, this entire process. All right, y'all. So, um, speaking of Judge Jackson's experience, I wanted to share a little bit about my double jeopardy experience before we get into the keys to success. So, like I said, this, um, topic was near and dear to my heart and my heart went out to Judge Jackson when I was watching, because I have been there. I mean, I have countless examples of when I, at the very least was a competent and knowledgeable individual not to mention, um, qualified to be in that space. And I was still under consistent scrutiny and judgment from my white superiors. And the unfortunate thing to add is not, is that it's not always just the white superiors. Sometimes it's our black and brown sisters and brothers who are, rooting against us because crabs in a barrel, which is a whole nother topic. I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole, but y'all know what I'm saying. So I remember, oh my gosh, I have so many examples. It's so ridiculous. I should like write them all down and do like an episode just about workplace discrimination, but I am going to bring up an instance where, um, During my graduate program, I worked in the um, registrar's office and um, worked in the office and I was hired and I had been working there, I think for like a year and a half. And then we got a new registrar. I don't know what this lady's issue was with me, um, but I mean, I'm a hard worker. I come to work. I do my job. I go home, whatever. Right. And so like it's work study, right? You work, (laughs) you you work, you're working the job essentially to pay for school. So I was working the position and, um, I don't know what, like, I really, I honestly could not even tell you what the issue was, but like, I am a social butterfly. I get, you know, I intermingle with people. Um, I was friendly to all of the staff there. Um, I did not, seemed to have any animosity toward anyone because, I mean, all of the staff that were in the office were inviting me to their, you know, their personal events and, you know, wanting to exchange numbers with me and be in in contact and, you know, hang out outside of office hours. And I, you know, I chose which things I wanted to engage with. And all of that was prior to the new registrar coming on board. So I had already established a good rapport with all of my coworkers, even before this new chick came on board, right? So um, I was also getting my fit girl, you know, lifestyle on. I was getting my skinny back and uh, I was looking, you know, I'm real cute in the face, but I was getting thin in the way. So it was, a whew, honey, you couldn't even tell me nothing back then. But um, I, I remember her making comments about, I remember her making comments about you know how much weight i was losing and how um you know how how good i looked and how my face was slimming down like you know i took it as a compliment i was like you know thank you because i was working really hard to get those things in order but i didn't know at the time that they were coming from a place of jealousy and animosity i found out later on where that was coming from so Like I said, I, um, I came into work one day, like I usually do. I'm always on time. Um, I had never been pulled to the side by anyone. I had never had any write-ups, any disciplinary conversations, nothing like that. Never had an issue. I came in one day to work, it happened to be my birthday weekend. And I came into work and uh, was asked to step into a conference room. I said, okay. So I stepped into the conference room and I was met with the registrar and with um, the person who's over work-study. And I was told in that meeting that I was being fired from my work-study job because I was falsifying documents in the registrar's office. Again, that. I mean, no, again, first, that could not have been the furthest thing from the truth, number one. Number two, I could not understand why this lady was sitting across from me making up blatant lies about me just to get me out of a work study position. Like, one, this is, like, it's federal funding. It doesn't come out of your department budget. And then if you wanted me gone that bad, why couldn't you just fire me? Like... California's at Will State, you didn't have to, you know, go through the rigmarole of, you know, trying to sabotage my character and my reputation. But she did. She took the extra mile to try to break me down. And I I didn't understand why. And it was so hurtful. And it was so frustrating because, one, I didn't see it coming. I didn't understand why it was happening. And then nobody in that department who was quote unquote so fond of me had my back and I felt so alone and I felt so um, abandoned and I was so frustrated. So I took that, I I tried to go up to the proper channels. I took it to um, the human resources director um, and had absolutely no support from um, that entity. And then I took it to um, the director of my college who was um, a black lady. And at that time who had expressed that, you know, she would be willing to mentor me and be able to help and guide and assist me in certain ways. And there was no support there either. She just kind of basically told me to, you know, take it on the chin and deal with it. Right. There was, there was no support. There was no, um, empathy, nothing. It was just, Hey, shit happens, you know, find another job. And I'm like, If it were that easy for me to find another, another job while I'm, you know, in school working for jobs to support my, you know, my academic advancements and get my hours for my license, then I would do that. But it, it just, it was just such a clusterfuck of things. And I was getting no support from anybody at the school. And I, I, I was angry. I was so angry because I did nothing wrong. I... You know as a as a work study student you only have so much access to student files and student documents so what they were accusing me of i would not have even been able to do and so i just i was i was completely floored and i was i was so mad i, I even wanted to transfer schools because i was like you know i'm under a lot of pressure a lot of stress as a as a graduate student coming here paying all this money to get this degree and then y'all do this to me and that you know it um attacks my attacks my per my person as my character it, it attacks my professional um my professional uh what's the word i'm looking for you guys my um, reputation it you know it, it jeopardizes my financial situation because i'm using this money to support myself like it was just i mean I, oh you guys it was a mess And um, I just remember being so angry and so hurt and feeling so alone and then going through a bout of depression because um, I felt powerless. There was nothing I could do. I had exercised all of my um, avenues to get this situation resolved and I was left with nothing. So um, all of that to say that you know, it didn't really work out in my favor. I mean, I, I didn't get any, like, criminal charges, thank God. And, because um, it, we even had to go to, like, a, um, a formal hearing and everything. It was, oh, my God, it was such a mess. And, um, I did end up graduating from that school and getting my degree and, like, never, ever wanting anything else to do with that school. for, I mean, for that and other reasons. That, that school was a hot-ass fucking mess. But, um... I learned a lot about myself in that moment. I learned, um, how to protect and advocate for myself going forward. I learned that I am more resilient and resourceful than I thought. Um, and I also learned that I had a strong pack of um, sisters around me who, if I allowed them to, would be there for me in the way that they could. Because when I finally got to my breaking point and shared, um, with my cohort sisters what I was going through they embraced me and supported me and stood by me and I did not expect that from from them because they you know they didn't know me very well but I appreciated and I needed that you know to have a, a group of other black women who um could see me and see that you know I was I was I was fucked over essentially so that um, that instance, along with other instances where I've experienced work, workplace discrimination has helped me cultivate these keys to success that I'm about to share with you now. All right, everybody. So the first key to success is everybody ain't your friend. What I mean by that is I think that it is possible to create um, friendly relationships and to be cordial and to be um you know sociable when you go to work but i also think it's important that you all you are all there for the same purpose and that's to get a check because your bills are due every month like clockwork and so i don't think it's realistic to think that you can build a mutually beneficial relationship that at some point, if need be, you would not be sacrificed by that person. I, I've, and, and you know, y'all let me know that if you think that I'm wrong, but in my experience and the experience of people that I have counseled and the people in my friends, like you can think that you're friends with somebody who you work with. And then in the moment that it's you or them, it's always going to be you. And so like I said, you know, just... Keep that in mind while you're interacting and you are quote unquote befriending these people because, you know, you're ultimately both there for the same objective. You both need a paycheck and, you know, allow people to show you who they are before you start calling them the F word. Like, like I said, everybody ain't your friend. Everybody's not, everybody's not have your best interest at heart. Everyone does not care about your livelihood or the sacrifices that you had to make to get where you need to be because some some people will smile on your face and stab you in your chest, okay? They don't, even, they don't even wait till you turn around no more. They stab you straight in your chest. So just keep that in mind that everybody ain't your friend and that is okay because you have people outside of work that got your back and that, you know, building that strong supportive network is super important, but don't put all the stake in the people that you work with, cause they don't always got your best interest at heart, y'all. All right, key to success number two: C Y A. Mmm, I had to learn this over time, baby, over time. I think it was my mom who used to tell me all the time to like write things down when I was an undergrad. Like I used to have these professors who would be tripping. And she used to tell me that, you know, when I was first learning to defend myself against adults in a respectful manner, she would tell me, you know, to write documents, to write it it down, you gotta write it down like it's a journal. And so I used to just, I mean, I would write everything down, everything they did, everything that I said that I felt was unjust or wrong. I would write down what happened, who said what, when it happened, where are we at, what the response was, how I responded, if I sent an email, I would say that if I went to office hours and they weren't there, I'd write that down. Like everything you have to document. Why? That is your evidence. Like they say in court, that is your evidentiary support to support your position. And if you don't have, if you don't have what you have, if you don't have things written down, if you don't have documentation or proof of what happened, it's your word against theirs, and usually they don't believe them right especially because they white so they got to be right so you need to make sure that you are covering your ass and writing everything down when it's oh girl in the workplace i see and i know a lot of y'all hate this but i'm the bitch who will hang up the phone with you and email you back with what we just talked about don't call me and say no shit that you don't want to say over the email I ideally don't do xyz okay so i'll email them back rosie after you just called me today at this time and you said, Am I correct? Email. I'm, I'm emailing you and I'm copying my personal email. Okay. So I have a copy record of it, my personal, just in case y'all want to restrict the bitches, per, per, um, business email. That way you see that I put, that I, um, got record of it and you can confirm or deny and I'm making sure that no matter what happens to this business email, cause they'll try that bullshit too, try to fire you and, and restrict your business email, then you can't, um, get access to your records. So make sure that you're always copying or, or BCCing, blind copying your personal email so that you always, always, always have a record of those emails that are being sent. Um, and then when that person emails a response or doesn't email a response, document that shit too. Okay. So make, Sure, you are covering your ass. Like I said, every phone call gets covered and e- um gets re, re- um, reiterated in an email to that person. And if you have some type of um, negativity or animosity or somebody has to animosity towards you, make sure you document document all that shit too. What they said to you, when they said it, how they said it, how you responded, all of that. Your word against theirs. Cover your ass. I also um. And check the state laws where you are because I've lived in different places. So I'll be, always be having to consult with an attorney and see what my legal rights are. But in some states, you can record without um, getting permission of the other parties about, you know, as long as it's not like, you know, sensitive information. So if they're calling you into a meeting and you being blindsided, um, honey, put that voice recorder on on your phone because you got to make sure that your ass is covered, right? That's stuff that you're going to need later on. So make sure email, voice recorder, documentation, all that. That's gonna be your best weapon against these people because they will lie, lie, and testify that you are wrong. And you can be and you can show them all the receipts. Honey, bam, got it. Okay, that's key to success number two. CYA. Key to success number three. Therapy works, y'all. At the time. That I was in this, um, going through all of this, I was mandated to go to therapy as a part of my, um, you know, my, my master's program, and um, they make you our, our program and mandated that we receive so many therapy hours in order to get our license to practice therapy, which I think most profession or most um, mental health professionals should do, and um, I honestly could say that if I was not receiving my own therapy and my own treatment, my my own outlet. I don't know how I would have made it through some of those um, daunting times because you just you need somebody who can one call you on your shit who's not biased the one who does not have a stake in the game who can see both sides of the perspective who can say hey you know, I see you, I hear you. Somebody to let you know that you're not fucking crazy, right? Because sometimes our friends and our family will, you know, they'll pacify us, so to speak. Even the ones that are, are, you know, cold-blooded, they don't want to see us hurt. So, or not cold-blooded, the ones who are brutally honest, they don't want to see us hurt. And so they will, you know, kind of pacify us to, you know, uh, maintain our feelings. But my therapist, honey, she called me out on my stuff when I needed to be. And she also was very real and letting me know, like, nah, bitch they tripping like you are absolutely right they fucking you over and you need to (laughs) you need to be trying to figure out how to how to um you know dot your teeth dot your eyes and cross your t's because they they coming for you for no reason so i i you know i'm always pushing therapy i love therapy i think therapy absolutely works if you work it and um I think that especially if you're going through something like this at work and you're not able to get out of that situation right now because your bills are due every month on time, find you a therapist. Most insurance, um, most insurance plans include therapy. So find you somebody who is competent and that you're comfortable with to talk to because therapy works if you use it. All right, key to success number four, self-care. Some of y'all are out here working these jobs that are high stress, high reward, high stress, low reward, but you're working your job because like I I said before, the bills are due and you want to make sure that you're staying in the good graces of your employer. That's all fine and good, but you know what's something that you do have that you can always use? Those sick days, okay? Some job offers mental health days. Some jobs offer, um... You know those vacation days. Use those days. If you wake up and you feel like you just can't deal with the bullshit today, it, today will might break you. Call off. Okay, whatever it needs to be done today will also be there tomorrow, and you are not as big of a wheel, and or you're not as big of a hamster on that wheel that they can't continue to function one day, one or two, or shit, even a week without you being there. They were making it before. They'll make it without you because I guarantee your ass passed out on that floor. They'll step over your body and get to the next bitch in line. So if you need to take off and you can take some time to yourself, do that. Self-care is super, super, super important. You need, you know, if you want to go to the beach, go to the beach. If you want to sit in your bed and, and watch Bridgerton and eat popcorn and drink wine, bitch, do it. Okay, you have to take care of yourself because I guarantee you, they give zero fucks about you and you know, you know that if you fell on that floor right now, they will step over you and keep it pushing. Okay, so take care of yourself. Um, meditate, work out, eat right, all of those things. Do what you need to do to make sure that you are feeling whole and taken care of because you, there's only one you. You know, you can find another job eventually. And I I mean, shit, even right now, everybody hiring. But you can find another job, but we can't get another you. So take care of yourself. The key to success number five is listen to your body. I, t- I will tell you, <laughs> uh my body is always trying to tell me, bitch, it's time to go. Because right when I get ready... To right before I get ready to quit the job, I start getting like I'll get a headache, like a bad migraine, and like every time I get ready to go into work, I know I don't feel good, and I'm one of the people like I'll work, 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 work myself to the bone because I like to show demonstrate a level of um lim- demonstrate a level of competence right that I know that I'm doing I know how to do do it well, and um I mean I've worked many jobs where I've like. Right up until the very end, I just, your body starts shutting down on you. It's like, I can't do this. I can't keep putting up with the bullshit. I'm tired. I'm overworked. I, I can't handle it no more. And you, you get headaches. You get stomach aches. You get nauseous. I had one job. I was working. My eye twitched for like five weeks. Like it was ridiculous. And your body be trying to tell you, bitch, hello, sit down. We're done with this. I don't want to be here anymore. It's time to go. I know that's different from our ancestors because my mama was like, you always quitting jobs. I'm like, they take, they taking advantage of me and they're not going to kill me because I'll be damned. Okay. I won't do it. I am too talented and I'm too resourceful and I'm too competent to be working a job where people are going to mistreat me like this. I will go find another and another and another. I do not care. But they're not going to run me into the ground. Absolutely not. So you have to listen to your body. That's why that meditation, that mindfulness moment is so important because, yes, your body can heal itself, but your body can also communicate to you. And if it's something that you're not, if if another sense is not picking it up, your third eye will pick it up and communicate it to you, saying, hey, you know, my head, your head is hurting because, because you know, you're stressed. Your stomach is hurting because you're, you know, holding in all of these emotions and you don't have a healthy outlet. You know, your hands are cramping up. Because you're tired. Like, your body will communicate to you. So, listen to your body. And if you don't know how to listen to your body, (laughs) take some time to get to know, you know, the signs that your body is trying to communicate to you. That's super important. And that could save your life. Because ain't nobody got time for no ulcer, no aneurysm, or no um, heart attacks or strokes because these motherfuckers right here running us racket. It ain't worth it. I, I promise you, it's not worth it. Your parents and your family would rather have you than that paycheck any day. I guarantee it. All right. So those keys to success right there are for boss bitching while black. Oof, in the workspace. All right, y'all. Let's get into this week's message. message, message, message. Okay, I message, know that's right. Message, okay, honey, because like, that's my nerves. Message, Man. message, 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 message. Alright, y'all, let's get into this message. This week's letter reads as follows. I have been blatantly attacked and harassed by coworkers and supervisors at my job for the last eight months. When I went to management they told me to follow the chain of command which only made it worse for me. Then I went to HR and now I feel like I'm being further isolated and bullied. By now I have already sought out and gained alternative employment, but I want to know why is the victim why is it the victim that always gets forced out of work? Ooh, child, so when I first read this, I had to get the, the end because I was ad libbing to myself. What you mean, eight months? This is that's a long time for some bullshit, but I, I mean, hey, I get like I said, the bills be due. Um, and they made you follow the train of command, then you went to your supervisor, and that got worse, went to management, and it made it worse. And then HR didn't do anything either. Oh, god, I, I hate, I hate, hate, hate that we have to deal with shit like this so congratulations to you for finding another place of employment um i'm sure that by the time i'm reading this letter you're already there and settled and i hope that things are much much better at this job than they were at your previous employer and i hope that your mental wellness is um, taken care of and and intact as well Um, regarding your question why is it the victim that's always forced out of work girl i don't know i that's not true i have my suspicions so what i believe it is is that it's easier to get rid of the person who wants change versus getting rid of the problem right so like if we are all okay if five of us are okay with this level of dysfunction and one person wants things to be different, it's easier to get rid of the person who wants things to be different versus the people who want the dysfunction because I can find a replacement for you, but I have to replace five other people. That's money, that's time, that's resources and our productivity and everything was fine before you got here. And we can just find somebody who can come in and who will be just fine dealing with this level of dysfunction that we have going on currently. Because it costs companies money to correct the problem, address the people who are, you know, who are the um, the root of the discrimination. And it would be easier for them to just get rid of you. You know, I, I think it sucks. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's okay. But um, I'm sure that they're looking at it from a monetary perspective. And, you know, hiring, onboarding, training, acclimating a new employee that costs the company, you know, money, lots of money essentially. And, um, it's easier to do it for one person versus five. I, I think it sucks. I think it's, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's okay. And that's, I mean, that's not an excuse for their behavior, but you're asking me, why is it that the person who is, you know, the victim usually has to leave It's because, you know, a, in that sense, you are the problem. You are the person who has an issue. You are the liability. It makes it easier for us to force you out versus you know later on getting a harassment or um, workplace harassment suit or um, making it more difficult for our you know employees that have been here to do their job. So um, it just it, it's it's easier to get rid of us because we are we see through the bullshit. Right? It's just like, going back to Encanto, Bruno was the one who had to leave because he saw the bullshit. Everybody else just wanted to deal with it. And he was the one who had had enough. So it was easier to push him out versus everybody else conforming to what was right. I'm sorry that that has been your experience. I'm sorry that that's been the experience of most Black women in professional workplaces is that we have to be the... Um, we have to bear the brunt of the bullshit, and we're supposed to wear it as a badge of honor and smile and still do our work, even though we're hurting inside. Um, that's not okay. I don't condone it, which is why you know I never stay at places too long where I don't feel valued and I don't feel appreciated because I I, I refuse to believe that I was put on this earth to be in a place where I work for a paycheck and I'm being I'm been made to feel like less than human I think that's bullshit I don't think that that makes sense and I also think that that's why majority of business owners right now are black women because we're creating our own we are blazing our own trails and making it possible for ourselves to see success because other people have been standing in our way for so long so um yeah man my heart my love my positivity goes out to you like I said before I hope that this new job that you're in is um is better is is serving you um in a more proficient way and i pray for nothing but happiness and success for you going forward and for all of you out there listening to this podcast again any um advice or feedback that i give to anybody on this podcast is not in ex- or not in um, um in, re- in replace of traditional therapy with a licensed provider so if you are in need of therapy or Contact your therapist or um, look at, you know, different referral networks. And if you're experiencing an emergency, contact 911 or go to your emergency room. All right. It is time to wrap up this week's episode. This is a long one, y'all. <laughs> Woo! Um, again, my love to um, Judge Jackson for doing the damn thing during her confirmation hearing. And those keys to success, once again, for Boss Chicken, are Boss Chicken. (laughs) Those keys to success for being a boss bitch out there, y'all, is one, everybody ain't your friend, two, CYA, three, therapy works, four, self-care, five, listen to your body. All right, y'all, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here Thank you again for listening to the Dr. D. Effect podcast. You can find your girl on all social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, at the Dr. D. Effect. Go ahead and like and subscribe to this podcast and follow me on your socials. I will see y'all here next week. Thanks for listening. Have a beautiful, positive, and productive week. Peace.